about this. Our brains change. Memory is an amazing. What you think is in our there brains is aren't really finished. They're not fully cooked yet. You go with your heart. You we don't have any idea why because we're, we're so doing smart. Most of the things that we're doing. But here's the deal. We say that which does not kill us makes us stronger. <laughs> but what we should say is that that which does not kill us makes us stronger only if we pay attention. I'm Art Markman. I'm Bob Duke. I'm Rebecca McEnroy, and this is Two Guys on Your Head. Today, outcome bias. One of the things people are really good at is judging whether a particular action was a good thing to have done or a bad thing to have done relative to some moral standard. And one of the things that happens when we make those judgments is that we have an outcome bias, meaning that the severity of the moral judgment we make is dependent in part on what happened. So, for example, you know, there's a difference between attempted murder and murder, right? We punish murderers worse than we punish attempted murderers, meaning that if you're a really inept murderer, <laughs> you, get, you get time off. You get credit. That's right. Credit, <laughs> credit for being inept. Well, you know, it is interesting that we tend to judge ourselves based on our intentions, and we tend to judge other people based on their behavior. What else you got? Well, exactly, right? But I, but I think it's, you know, it's an interesting phenomenon when you think about it, how uh, we do have a bias when considering the actions of other people toward what those actions result in. I, yeah. I think the murder, attempted murder contrast is an interesting way to say that. But I think just in general, we tend to focus on what the outcome is. And that causes us to probably pay less attention than we should to some potentially bad things that don't actually become fully bad. Yeah, yeah, and you can see this play out in in very serious situations. So, for example, there's a lot of industries in which the work that people do is dangerous. I mean, uh, people engaged in energy exploration, for example, you know, wells can can explode. There could be fires. Uh, there are, there are lots of industries in which in which things can go wrong. The aviation industry can can create catastrophes, and if you think about that, the way that those industries keep themselves safe is by not just instituting procedures that they think will keep themselves safe, but to understand what happens when things go wrong. However, if we have a tendency to focus primarily on really bad outcomes, then we may miss a lot of opportunities to fix problems before they become catastrophic. Yep. That is, we should be paying as much attention to accidents that don't lead to significant property loss, to, to, a, to, to a loss of life or, or injury. Uh, we should be paying as much attention to those as to the events that do cause major catastrophes because they provide the clues to what might happen and what might go wrong in a more serious situation. Sure, and even on a much more personal level, right? Most of us have experienced near misses of some kind. You know, either we were not paying careful attention when we were driving and almost hit somebody, right. or, uh, you know, some other thing that we were doing that was potentially dangerous, but somehow we avoided actually injuring ourselves or someone else. And I, and I think the unfortunate thing about not paying careful attention to those things is it provides an indicator that really we can get away with not paying full attention when we're driving or when we're handling, you know, a, a sharp knife or whatever. And those near misses, rather than being registered as a warning, 
are registered as moments of relief. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. You know, right. So, you know, we, we judge we judge the success of almost anything with respect to outcome. And certainly, it's not that outcomes don't matter. Of course, right. Yeah. The, right. We, we, we do, at some point, there are many situations in which you, you need to succeed in some way. Your, your, your final product needs to be good. And, and so we want to pay attention to outcomes, but, but I think what we miss in focusing on outcomes is that the process by which we do things matters a tremendous amount. And it is refining the process that ultimately leads to the outcomes we want and minimizes the likelihood of the outcomes we don't want. Yeah. And so if we focus primarily on the outcomes, we miss a lot of opportunities to refine that process. And I, and I think what's interesting about this in terms of human memory is what what becomes memorable, yeah. right? I mean, if, if we avoid injury... Uh, and and we escape. What what's what's remembered is, whew, oh, we we made it, right? Yeah. Not the things that necessarily led up to that precarious situation that we found ourselves in, right? And and those kinds of memories don't then influence us in a way that creates greater caution or greater attentiveness or whatever in the future because there weren't negative consequences, right? So it's interesting to think about what, what we mean when we say outcome bias, right? It, we're biased toward what we're paying attention to, and we're more likely to pay attention to outcomes than we are to the things that precede the outcomes. Yeah. But I want to say something about the about the whole process product thing, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's gotten often perverted in a way that, well, it's not the product, you know, it's the process. Well, yes, it's the product. I mean, I mean, certainly the pro. It's not that the process the process is unimportant. I mean, of course, the process of developing something, whether it's educating a human being or or learning to do something yourself or whatever it happens to be, of course, the process is an important part of that. But in most things that we experience, the outcome matters too. That's right. After putting together a piece of IKEA furniture, I assure you, <laughs> it's the product. <laughs> The product matters, but we have to think carefully about how we evaluate exactly, outcomes. Exactly, right. And, and so if, if the only way that a book is going to be successful is if it's a bestseller, mm-hmm. well, that's a capricious way of evaluating the success of something. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I think we also have to be careful to think about what some, sometimes what we know is that a particular process leads to high quality outcomes. And then we we may have another set of evaluation metrics as well to ensure that we hit that high quality. But if it's something that also ultimately gets released into the public environment, the mere popularity of something Mm -hmm. is not a an excellent measure of the quality of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 that's why I think there are times there are times where people say it's the process not the product or the journey not the destination because part of what they're also focusing on is the potential capriciousness of the way that we evaluate outcomes. I I I think it's beautifully put. Next week, we'll talk about the psychology of generosity with Dr. Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. David Alvarez is our engineer, and I'm Rebecca McEnroy. I produce Two Guys on Your Head at KUT Radio in Austin, Texas.